Good morning, everyone tuning in live officially week four of the hot sheet. And we are at Villanova, our first ever remote hot sheet. And the hot sheet covers what you need to know in the real estate industry in a 24 hour time period. On today's hot sheet, I will cover a rise in pending home sales, what home builders need right now, the four U.S. cities in trouble, according to Goldman Sachs and real estate agents using chat GPT and what CNN specifically says about that. Today is Monday, January 30th, 2023, and the hot sheet starts now. Okay, good morning and welcome back. Week four of this incredible lift that BAM has decided to do. We're going to be doing this show remote, as you can see. We're at the Inn at Villanova University in the library. Thank you, Villanova, for letting us use this space. The hot sheet will not stop every single day that the market is open. So hit the thumbs up if you've appreciated everything we've done. And if you're enjoying the show, share it with somebody who can benefit from a 24-hour look back on housing. All right, let's jump right in. We've got some new news today about inventory. Inventory falls once again while pending home sales have increased. Okay, so housing inventory decreased <clears throat> 6,468 units, a more pronounced decline from the week before. That's a huge decline, and that concerns me. We've talked about it here on the hot sheet. Okay, uh, we have back-to-back -back weekly growth of 25% and 3% on mortgage applications. The week prior, of course, we saw 28% growth in mortgage applications. So these are week over week numbers, 28%, then 25%. Those were huge numbers on mortgage applications as we've seen interest rates stabilize. And then last week, 3%. So another increase, a modest increase, but after coming off of 28% and 25% increases on mortgage applications, 3% is just fine. We're doing okay there, right? We're seeing demand. Uh, however, the key is that year over year declines have stopped going lower and we have risen noticeably higher from the bottom. You can see here in this chart, you can get all of our charts on the daily download link. This blue line is what's happening right now. So this is mortgage applications. We've seen a good increase here over the last couple of weeks. The, the red line is the four week moving average. Okay. So demand still uh, relatively low when you consider 2017 until 2020, you know, despite the, the COVID blip there, uh, but coming back up to a seasonal, uh, you know, number that we like to see. Okay. So the key with purchase application data, and this is according to Logan Motoshami, um, reading off of the housing wire more, uh, weekly tracker, just giving you the uh, key updates from, as I see it right now. Uh, the key with uh, purchase application data is that data line looks 30 to 90 days out. Okay. So while we're seeing mortgage applications increase, we're not going to see them reflect sales for 30 to 90 days. That makes sense. But it's a conversation. If you're advising a seller, it's like, hey, you're going to see this reflective in 30 to 90 days on the sales. The question is, is that going to be you? Are you going to wait until maybe more people come on the market? We're going to talk about inventory specifically here um, in just a second. Are you going to wait until more people come on the market or are you going to get on now and be one of those sales that's reflective in the data 30 to 90 days out? I want to be one of those sales right now. That's what I'd be advising the sellers. Hit the thumbs up 
if you agree with that. I think your chances of getting a higher number as a seller are going to happen right now. I mean, just look at this inventory here. Decreased 6,468 units in the last week. Let's go to inventory. Weekly inventory change, January 20th to 27th, fell from 472,000 to 465,000. Just a week, same week last year, we fell from 276 to 271. So nowhere near what we were experiencing last year, but still, if you map this out year over year and go back 10 years, a historic low number for inventory. We talked about it last week where NAR is reporting we're back under a million units. I'll have this chart down below in the daily uh, download if you need it. We're currently at 970,000 units, under a million again. If you look at the mean line right there, and, and I'll switch over here, uh, show you the chart a little bit closer. If you look at the mean, we need to be right here, 20, you know, 2.2 million. Even if we got to 2 million homes inventory, we're under a million. We have a long way to go in terms of inventory. So if I am a seller, this is something that I want to go out and get to the market now. I want to have less competition like we've talked about. Even just even if we just got back to um, inventory over 1.5 million, we'd be in a better position. This is going to help affordability. This is going to help stabilize the market. It's going to help how the Fed feels about real estate, which we know they're meeting this week. Okay. Uh, let's take a look at these pending sales, which have increased. Okay. So pending sales are up this year and or this past week. Okay. When they look at December rather. Okay. So excuse me. When we look at December, 2022, pending sales have increased. It's the first time since May that these pending sales have increased. Okay. Uh, since May, 2022, that is. Pending home sales ended 2022 on a positive note. Six consecutive months of declines. Okay, so they went 2.5% up in December to a reading of 76.9 according to data released by NAR. This is positive. We, we saw a whole bunch of reports that like sales were dropping off the cliff because they did once interest rates in comparison to the you know two and a half years before once interest rates increased. Here's some regional looks. Two of the four regions experienced declines month over month. So the Northeast experienced a decline and the Midwest falling 6.5 and 0.3% respectively. In the comments, let me know, especially if you're in the Northeast. You're going to see, okay, Northeast was one of the places that didn't have pending sales increase. They fell actually 6.5%, but Northeast is one of those markets where we have absolutely no inventory in the Northeast, okay? So it's a lower inventory than what people are experiencing in the West, right? Where a place like Phoenix, inventory has shot up considerably. Okay, a place like Las Vegas, inventory has shot up considerably. So you have to take that into account. I, I talked a lot last week, Knowledge Brokers Podcast. If you, want to, if you want to download that podcast and listen, we talked about, well, 970,000 homes in NAR. How much of that is actually good inventory, right? You know, nationally, there's 970,000 homes available. Is it all good of inventory? Is it all affordable inventory? So uh, I'm not startled by those numbers, knowing that some of these inventory levels in these regions fluctuates. Okay. The new normal uh, mortgage rates will likely need to be in the five to six and a half percent uh, will likely be in this range. Lawrence Young said uh, from NAR job gains will steadily become important in driven local home sales markets in the South particularly set to outperform the rest of the country. So they're looking at the South um, as an area and even, even the West where 
they've got more inventory. So they're seeing pending sales increase as areas that uh, should perform well. I'll take a look here at exactly on, on the bar chat uh, bar graph where inventory is. This is available for you down below. So this is showing you December. We're, we're I'm sorry, excuse me, pending home sales. Pending home sales are increasing. We just talked about the drop in inventory. So again, if I'm talking to a seller, if I'm advising a seller in any way, I want them to see that. Okay, right now we're seeing pending sales go up. What we're also seeing right now is that we're seeing <clears throat> inventory drop. It's a perfect storm for somebody that's a seller to take advantage of the spring market. I don't believe that we're going to see maybe you know, this positive a situation as we get into the second half of the year. So the longer you wait, the more you're potentially costing yourself money. Home builders, different category. We talked about this a whole bunch last week. They still need lower mortgage rates right now. The new home sector is grinding through cancellations and a significant backlog. Okay. What's going on with some of these new home builds? Uh, the census report shows that 71,000 new homes are completed and good to go, which is close to historical average for new homes completed uh, completed of 80,000 to 100,000. So we're pretty close. We're still below that. Uh, 71,000 new homes right now. And that's 1.4 months of supply. What they have under construction is 291,000 homes under construction. They want to sell those a little bit quicker. They have 5.7 months of supply on the homes that are under construction. 99,000 homes have yet to be started. That's 1.9 months of supply. As you can see, this is not a lot of homes when you consider the population of the U.S. during the 30 million. The builders actually lucked out here because back in 2007, we had over 4 million active listings of existing homes. We're under a million. We just talked about that. They're usually cheaper than comparable new homes. Based on uh, NAR, we're at the 970,000 mark. And here, once again, is that chart. Uh, new home sales are still historically low. Okay, so we still don't have a whole bunch of inventory helping us you know, in, in terms of new homes, helping us make up that gap that we're seeing right now, season, season adjusted rate of 616,000, uh, according to Census Bureau and Urban Development, this is 2.3% above the revised November rate, but it's still 26.6% below November 2021, estimate of 839,000, estimated 644,000 new homes were sold in 2022. We still need uh, considerably a lot more inventory and especially inventory in those median price ranges across the country. Goldman Sachs, we talked about their revised number for US home prices last week. They bumped it down from 6.1% to 2.6% in a loss for home prices in 2023. In 2024, they're actually showing a positive. They believe we've already lost 4% on home prices. But Goldman Sachs also last week reported that there are four cities in particular that they believe are going to completely crater 2008 style. Those four cities that Goldman Sachs is projecting will drop more than 25% are San Jose, San Diego, California, uh, San Diego, California. Um, so San Jose, San Diego, Austin, and Phoenix. Arizona will likely see noticeable increases before drastic decreases of more than 25%. These declines will be similar to those witnessed during the Great Recession 2008. Home prices across the U.S. fell around 27% at that time. I've talked to agents anecdotally in Austin. Uh, I've also talked to agents in San Diego. Okay, 
And both areas, agents do not believe that they're going to see an over 25% drop. Patrick Bet David, I mean, I just this morning in the gym was listening to a podcast with him. When they were referencing this report, they're like, see, told you because they on the Patrick Bet David podcast, big insurance guy, have been talking about this for nine months. I mean, they were grinning reading this report, talking about, okay, the, the market's about to drop over 20% in, in home values. Let that be reflective in your offers for buyers. These are four cities that for a lot, you know, San Jose, tech, right? Uh, Austin also has tech. We've seen layoffs in tech um, more so in, the, in those two areas. So they're using this projection as validation. And listen, people's home, home sellers and home buyers are going to be getting that information. And I'd be really digging in deep on what's going on locally if I'm an advisor, if I'm a real estate agent, if I'm a broker, letting them know what's what the differences are in their local market compared to what <clears throat> some of the people rooting for a 20% drop are. You know, could some of these areas have significant drops? Yeah, I think th I, said, I think so. I just talked about Phoenix, Arizona having this increase in inventory. You're certainly when you have more supply than other areas of the country, you will see a decline in prices, interest rates being up, supply being up, you're going to see a decline. 25% plus remains to be seen. Uh, this is not a national projection. Remember, Goldman Sachs is just projecting that we're going to see a 2.6 drop across the country. Okay, so I don't believe uh, this should be indicative of what's going to happen in many markets. Home prices are expected to dip slightly in, in other major areas. New York City, 0.3%. Chicago, one8 Baltimore, 0.5%. Miami uh, is supposed to actually go up. Actually, Baltimore and Miami are supposed to go up over a half percent, according to Goldman Sachs. So be very you know, cautious about this headline because people are taking 08, four major cities, and in their mind, they're relating that to the entire real estate market. As a real estate professional, you want to get ahead of that for your local market. And if you believe, if you're in your local market, I would take this Fox, Fox Business headline, this Goldman Sachs projection, and I'd say, here's why they're wrong, right? And maybe I'd map out inventory levels or, or pending sales if you believe that this is wrong in that particular market. Let me know in the comments what you think about those four particular markets, especially if you live there. Okay, CNN also getting into the real estate headline game in the last week. Real estate agents say they can't imagine working without chat GPT right now. Okay. We're going to do a whole bunch on BAM regarding AI. We're, we're actually releasing a, a 40 plus page ebook on everything you need to know about AI for real estate agents this week. Let me know in the comments if you want that. Uh, that's going to go out later this week. And chat GPT is just a part of this. This headline here and the quotes from this agent, I don't want to beat up this agent, so I won't even read the agent's name, are just insane. Okay, so here's what this agent said. It saved me so much time, this agent told CNN, noting that he made a few tweaks and edits to ChatGPT's work before publishing. It's not perfect, but it's a great starting point. My background is in technology and writing something elegant takes time. This makes it so much easier. Okay, this agent literally said... Um, experimenting with chat GPT. Uh, I've been using it for a month. I can't remember last time something wowed me so much. It's a, that's another agent. Um, one of these agents said this took them like five seconds to do. I want to find that exact quote. It's in here somewhere. Okay. He said, otherwise tasks would have taken him an hour or more to write on his own. Uh, but it, 
but in less than five seconds by typing a few keywords into chat GPT. Okay. So I've seen a bunch of tweets about this. Listen, I think chat GPT, we, we talked about this before anybody in the real estate community was talking about it on the walkthrough, the thumbs up. If you remember that episode where we actually had chat GPT, what was that? Six or eight weeks ago, six or eight weeks ago, uh, where we had the chat GPT write a listing description live. One of the things we said six to eight weeks ago was, okay, you want to make sure you're editing this. You want to make sure that you're, you're obeying fair housing. I'm not going to trust AI to obey fair housing rules and put my license on the line for this chat GPT. You certainly don't want to be getting onto CNN and gloating that your listing descriptions took five seconds by typing a few words and it would have normally taken you an hour. Because if I'm your seller and I hear that, I'm like, okay, well, normally I would give you X percent on your commission. And now I'm going to reduce that because your time commitment to my listing has been reduced. There's so many great AI tools that can make you more efficient and keep you. I don't see anywhere in this article where it's like, hey, I use that time, uh, that extra time to promote the property. I use that extra time to connect with more agents and let them know about the features of the property on a phone call. This has now allowed me to utilize my time in what the seller has actually hired me to do, which is sell the property and get them the most money possible. I don't want to be getting on CNN bragging that I've now saved so much time. My job is so much easier. I've seen a bunch of tweets, Mark Davis and shout out to him. A uh, thousand watt kind of started a conversation on Twitter is like agents. Th this is not a good look for you. Okay. Bragging about how much time you're being saved. If you want to brag about using this technology, using this tool to give you a better uh, listing description that you've had to edit and that you've had to, you know, do a lot of changes to, and then it's freed up your time maybe to go out there and connect with more buyers, sellers, and agents to get top dollar for the property. That's one thing. Uh, but a lot of people read CNN, right? A lot of people see CNN how, um, headlines. And so I, I don't think the agents, Hey, all PR is good PR, but I don't think they were really thinking it through when they've, um, thought about how CNN's going to position this article. To me, this this article's positioned in a way where it's devaluing the agent. And so uh, I'd want to stay away from that as, as an agent. Okay, let's take a quick look at the 10-year. Uh, let me, okay, I'll take a look at the comment. Bobby, our lead producer is here in the, in the library at Villanova waving me down. Okay, uh, Stephen Christine, San Jose has already seen 10 to 15% adjustment from last May. We are entering a seller's market again. Okay, so again, we are now seeing uh, a seller's market, and I believe it will be short-lived as inventory increases and agrees second half of the year uh, is going to be slower. So yeah, what they're saying is basically if you're a seller in San Jose, right now would be your time. Don't wait for the second half of the year. They're, these are local agents who have a much better feel for San Jose than Goldman Sachs, or certainly I would. And they're like, okay, we had a 15 to 20% drop. And so there's still a chance that Goldman Sachs could be right with a 25% drop because, okay, right now we're seeing this, this rush of, uh, of new interest demand. That's what I'm reading from that comment. And it's switching to a seller's market, but that's going to be a blip on the radar. It's going to be a short lived seller's market. That's I, I believe what I'm reading. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments and that second half of the year as inventory rises, more sellers see this opportunity you'll see a surplus in supply and you could again, once again, see prices start coming down again in San Jose. I'd love to know in the comments too um, from you guys, if you feel like that's been more because of tech layoffs or, or another reason in San Jose, there's very few parts of the country that are experiencing a 15 to 10, uh, you know, 15 to 20% drop in inventory. So I, I'd love to know your, your feelings on 
that. Okay, let's take a look at the 10-year where we are this morning. There's a lot of news coming out this week. There, we've got the Fed meeting. Uh, we've got the Fed meeting coming out this week. And so we're going to see where the federal interest, that's tomorrow and, and Wednesday. And right now the 10-year is up a tick. So um, we've also got a bunch of job reports. There's a whole bunch of stuff. It's going to be a crazy week here on the hot sheet as it relates to the economy and how that's going to impact housing. We'll be watching the 10-year very, very closely all week. Uh, let's take a look at where we finish off on the 30-year. At the end of last week, we were very stable, the 30-year fixed rate, according to Mortgage News Daily. Started the week at 6.15, ended the week at 6.2 on the on the 30 year, we got up to 6.21 on, uh, on Wednesday. I'm sorry. We started the week at 6.2 January 20th was last Friday, 6.15. Uh, we started the week Monday at 6.2. We ended the week at 6.2. That's where we're starting today. I imagine we'll be up a tick potentially with this, this increase in the 10 year, but we're going to be watching the 10 year very closely all week as the fed meets, as these job reports also come out. We want to look actually at a weaker, uh, you know, job market potentially, because I think the Fed would like that. And we'll see what they, you know, the GDP rise that we talked about last week. We'll see all these different things, how the Fed's going to take that into consideration, what they're going to do on the federal interest rate. We're all rooting for a uh, 25 basis point increase that'd be down from past increases and would signal that the Fed feels good about inflation. We'll talk more about that tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday, as, as this information continues to come out and the reports continue to come out today on Bam. Make sure you're subscribed if you're not uh, subscribed yet to at now Bam on YouTube. We have got over ask at 11 a.m. There's a YouTube hack you do not want to miss. And that's it. I got to go give a talk with Tom Tool here at Villanova. If you haven't checked out at Knowledge Brokers podcast, me and Tom do every single Friday where we go deep on a lot of these topics. Just search at Knowledge Brokers podcast on YouTube. Really appreciate you guys tuning in for our first ever remote. We've got more remote shows this week coming up from Las Vegas. It's going to be an interesting week for the hot sheet. Really appreciate all of you guys, and we'll see you back here tomorrow live at 930 Eastern.